Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Of his desire to bestow on us the goodness of heaven. And it's unlimited. And we see that, that God sent his only son to die for you and I. That's a statement from heaven that said, I'll go to any limit to show you how I love you. I'll go to any limit. I'll go to any extent to display my love for you. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Hallelujah. Amen. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Holy Spirit, help us now to receive your word. Lord, let the anointing this morning come that our eyes will see and our ears will hear and our hearts will receive your word, your life, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Thank you, worship team. Dylan, can you come up here, sir, please? Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. I was looking for somebody, Dylan, to come up here and join you, but it's just me and you, buddy. Feels good standing up here by yourself on this stage, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, especially when pastor does something, yeah, kind of crazy, yeah. Listen, here's, here's what I want to do this morning. We started this service off, uh, Pastor Pat started the service off, and he was talking about how that the Lord had dealt with him concerning uh, the wind and the rain. Is that right, Brother Pat? God had dealt with him about the wind and the rain and how that, that God was, was dealing with him about in this year he's going to uh, release the wind and the rain and the anointing, the power, the wind uh, and the rain. The, the wind is the power of God moving. The rain is that that brings forth fruit or causes fruit to come forth. And, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the fact that God wants to do that. And, and then this song that we just sing, uh, just sung, God, uh, we were talking about you are good. In the morning you're good. In the evening you're good. And in the good times you're good. In the bad times you're good. And, I, and, and God is good. All right? And there's no question about the fact that God uh, desires to release the wind and the rain 
in mine and your life. Everything that heaven has, God wants to give it to you. I said it a while ago, he gave his son. I mean, what more can he give to let me know that, that he, wants, he wants me to walk and have everything that he has to offer? I'm a father to, to some beautiful girls and a grandfather to some awesome, awesomer grandkids and father-in-law to some, some great sons. And it's my desire, almost to my downfall many times, that I give. I give to my kids. I want them to have everything they need. Doesn't matter if they're married and got other kids. I want them, if I see a need in their lives, I want to meet that need. Why? Because I'm a father. Now, you might not be like that. That doesn't mean you're not a father. That's just my heart. All right? I want to see my children go and excel further than I was ever able to go. I want, I want them to be able to have things that, that I could only dream of when I was coming up. Why? Because I'm a father. And it's the father's heart to give his children the very best that he has. So I want you to understand that about our heavenly father. It is his desire. It is his will. It is his longing. His passion is to give you everything that heaven has to offer. You don't have to beg him for it. You don't have to get on your face on the floor and say, please, please, please. You don't have to try to get it all right and, and make yourself look good because you'll never be able to, to get to the place to where you can stand before your heavenly Father and say, Lord, I deserve what you have. As a matter of fact, you will never be able to look right, talk right, act right, live right, be right enough to, to get to the place to where you deserve the blessing of God. But it's because he is a father that he says, I'm not going to wait till you get everything right. I'm going to give you this so that you can get right. So why is Dylan standing up here behind me? If we were to, if we were to really probe in Dylan's life, if we could get Miss Stephanie up here probably, No, we, we're not going to, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Miss Stephanie. I'm just saying, if we, if we got you up here, then I'm sure that your mom could probably say, you know what, Dylan's got this issue. Uh, there's some issues. He's got some issues. All right. And, and so, 
And if we were to talk to you, Dylan, I'm sure that, that you would say, you know what, I've got areas and things in my life that, that hold me back from, from being what I need to be, not only as a man of God, as a Christian, but as a, as a person, as an individual, uh, and, and all the way through life. I'm sure there are things that hold you back and things that, that you, would, you would say, you know what, I wish I could get this fixed. And if we were to go further than that, I'm sure that they would that you might would say, Dylan, that there are people that perhaps are around you that that uh, that have a tendency to limit what what God wants to do in your life. And I'm I'm just I'm not trying to read your mail, all right. I'm not trying to be prophetic or anything like that. So so don't walk out and don't none of y'all say, well, he's talking about me. Because I'm not talking about you. I want you to get this example. But there are things around you. There's circumstances. There's people. There's attitudes. There are things like that that surround you, Dylan, that, that have a tendency to limit you and, and to hold you back. So you're standing, and it's quite weird that you've got this shirt on, saying that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Now we know that that's, that's, that's talking about godly men and women that, that all right, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about we're surrounded, all of us are surrounded by people and things that, that Satan can use and, and that can be used in our minds that limit us and they keep us bound in a certain mode or certain way or path of operating. So, picture this. Dylan is standing here on this stage right by himself. And there are things that he wants to do. There are things that he wants to accomplish But he feels like <clears throat> that he's got all these things that are surrounding him and holding him back. Things that Dylan wanted to do last year. Things that he wanted to accomplish, but he wasn't able to, to break through it. Because perhaps somebody he felt was standing in his way. You see, we as human beings have a tendency... And it's very apparent in this culture that we're in today is that we don't want to accept the responsibility for what goes on in our lives. I'm not going to stay here long, so, so don't shut me off yet, okay? I'm just, I'm just passing through. In other words, we want to have an excuse for everything that's wrong in my life. It's somebody else's fault. 
if, if they would get right, I could do this. If I could get, if I could get my family to, to do right, then I could be what God wants me to be. If I could get so-and-so to line up, then I could be what God wants me to be. This is the first day of the new year, and I'm your pastor. I'm not your fitness coach. All right? If you need a fitness coach, go to the gym. If you need a pastor, come to McCullough Christian Center. We got several of them around here. And thank God that they're all honest enough to be to be real. My responsibility this morning and the and the thing that God has put on me this morning is to let you know that yes, the goodness of God is for you. And the blessings of God are for you. Everything that God has can be yours. Everything that heaven has can be yours. But God is saying this morning that we have been surrounded by forces. We have been surrounded by things that have held us back. And we've used the, the excuse by saying, well, if that moves or if that happens or if this takes place, then I'll be able to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. But listen, I want to bring it right down because I'm not going to mince words this morning. The only reason that you are not breaking free of your bondage is not because of the way that you were raised. It is not your mama's fault or your daddy's fault. The reason that you're still living in bondage, sir or ma'am, is because you have not made up your mind to stand up and be a man and be a woman and say God I am casting myself on you and I'm going to trust you that you're going to break this yoke of bondage listen we're living in a world today where everybody's got a reason. Somebody walks in Walmart and kills 20 or 30 people, and they ask them, why did you do that? Because my wife made me mad, or my, uh, I was abused when I was a child and I was angry. Come on, church. It is time for the body of Christ to recognize that God didn't die for your neighbor. He died for you so that you could have life and so that you could have it more abundantly. So, so I've got, I got Dylan up here uh, as an illustration because I want you to see that what God wants to do, he wants to do in Dylan. God is not concerned about me standing over here trying to hold him back. God's power is not limited because I am trying to push him down. That does not limit the ability of God to work in his life. I'm going to go ahead and be a little bit more, okay? You can fix your hair later. Thank you. Okay. Because something has got a chokehold on Dylan that he cannot break it, that does not limit 
the ability of God to move in his life. What limits, listen, what limits the ability of God is when Dylan says, I've got this chokehold and it cannot be broken. I cannot get through it, so I'm just going to commit to it and submit to it and try to live with it. Hands behind your back. I tell you, put them on top of your head like that, like this. I, I saw this on that patrol show. Listen, it does not matter what reason you have been handcuffed. That does not limit the ability of God to work in your life. What limits the ability of God to work in your life is when Dylan says to himself, I am in a mess. I am following the same path that other family members have followed. I'll never be able to break this. I'll never be able to get out from under it. So I'm just going to give up. But when Dylan says, man, hell has broke loose in my life. I am a sot drunk, whatever a sot is. I am messed up from the floor up. Nothing is right in my life. Oh, but I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And he came, he healed, he restored and renewed, and now I am a new person. Thank you, Dylan. Come on and give Dylan a hand this morning. Listen, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me real quick, and I'm not going to be long, to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, and I want to begin looking at verse 16. Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 16. If you will stand with us, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word. What I'm wanting to do this morning is that, that we always take January as a reboot month. As a, as a time in our lives where we look inside, we do some introspection, and we ask ourselves the hard questions. We ask ourselves, what held me back last year? We ask ourselves, why didn't I do this last year? We ask ourselves, what can I do in this coming year that will make me a better person, a better husband to my wife, a better father to my children? a better wife to my husband, a better mother to my children. And because I'm your pastor, I'm always going to lead you to Christ. I'm going to always lead you to the Word of God. And I'm going to always tell you that your answer is in Jesus. I'd do that if I wasn't your pastor. But I just have a good excuse because I am your pastor. Amen? Amen? And you won't get to heaven if you don't love me, so go ahead and get that settled, all right? 
Let's don't have no ill feelings today against the pastor. Everybody say, we love you, pastor. Amen. I love you too. Luke chapter 14, let's begin reading with verse 16. Then said he unto them, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must need go and, and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. My goodness, you need to come to church. Just thought I'd throw that in. You can say that about your husband as well. So the servant came and and showed his Lord these things. In other words, the servant came and shared with his Lord, his master. Master, I went out and and I I bid them all to come and I asked them to come to this supper that you have made and, and, and to respond to the invitation. And But master, all of them have other things to do. And they gave me these excuses. So he came and showed his Lord all these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the the maimed and the halt and the blind. The servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is still room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Thank you, Father, for your word. Bless it now in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing that I want you to notice is the fact that God, the, this, is a, this is a type of this parable, is speaking of the fact that God came and, and prepared a table for the people of Israel, the Jews. They refused to, to come to this supper. And so as a result of that, God sent his servants out and he sent them out to invite anybody that would come, which included you and I uh, being in that. And we were able to come and be a part of this supper. But I want you to notice uh, one important thing is that, that God the Father had prepared a great supper, a place that we could come and sit down and feast and be satisfied and be nourished and taken care of. The second thing that I want you to see, and I'm, and I'm going to be extremely fast, that he sent his servant out at supper time to say to them, that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. So there was a preparation. There was a supper that was prepared. There was a table that was prepared. Psalm 23 talks about that thou will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. In, in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, uh, a young, uh, a young man by the name of Mephibosheth uh, who was crippled in a fall as a baby and was one of Saul's uh, sons. David 
uh, brought Mephibosheth in, which is a picture of you and I being invited in to partake and sit at the table of the Lord. And David brought Mephibosheth in and set him at the king's table where he was taken care of and nourished even in the midst of his affliction. God has always prepared a meal for us, a place that we can come and be nourished and be strengthened and be fed and, and encouraged and lifted up. That's the thing about God and that's the thing about relationship with Christ is that God wants to see us restored and renewed. He wants to see the curse of sin broken from over my life and he wants to break the chain of bondage over, from over my life and he wants to deliver me from the sin that is destroying my life and robbing me of the joy and the peace that I could have. And so he's prepared this meal for us, and he's saying, I've prepared this, I've worked and labored and prepared this meal for you. Think about if you're a mom or a wife, and you prepare this big meal for your, your family, a three-course meal, and you've got it all set on the table, and, and it's all prepared, and the setting is, has been placed and all of that, and, and then you say, hey, uh, uh, come on and eat, kids. Come on and eat, husband. And they look at you and say, oh, we're not hungry. I think we're going to go outside and cut grass. Think about the disappointment, the frustration that you would feel. God prepared a meal. The second thing is, and, and listen, let me encourage you on this. Make it a point in 2023 to bring a notebook to church. All right? And, and jot down some notes because you can't get everything that I'm going to say just by sitting there listening. So write some things down. Every once in a while I say something that's worth writing. I asked a lady, and she's not here this morning, so I can say this. Uh, I asked a lady one time because she was sitting on the front row, and, and I was preaching, and, and I saw her. She wasn't writing anything down. So after the service, I said, look, I noticed you didn't take any notes. And she said, well, there wasn't anything noteworthy. Okay. So, but every once in a while, you'll get something that's noteworthy. So write it down. But the second thing that this, this master did is he sent out an invitation. In other words, he sent out an invite. Hey, I've got this meal prepared, and I'm sending out an invitation. An invitation is simply something that says, you are invited to come. I would love to have your presence. But with every invitation, there's a declaration that says, come. I'm sending out this invitation, and I'm asking you to come. All throughout Scripture, God has sent out invitations for people to come and partake and what he's done. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis 
during Noah's time that the world was corrupt. Sin abounded everywhere. Perversion was everywhere. But in the midst of all that sin, in the midst of all that perversion, God spoke to a man named Noah and said, build an ark. Because when you build an ark, there's going to be a time when you're going to hear the word come into the ark. Noah responded, and God saved him and his family. In Isaiah chapter 1 and 18, God spoke to Isaiah and he said, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is saying, Come. Come. Let me wash you. Come, let me cleanse you. Come, let me purify you. Isaiah 55 and verse 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirst, come to the waters, and he that hath no money, come, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. God is always giving an invitation for us to come. <coughs> so one of the things that I want to to get across to you this morning is that, that God has prepared for you in 2023 everything that you will need to be sustained and to walk in the blessing and the provision and the prosperity and the sustaining and the healing power that he has. He doesn't have to run back and fix something up real quick in the kitchen. He doesn't have to run to the refrigerator and pull some leftovers out to take care of you. <coughs> but he's already got it prepared for you as an individual. All you have to do is receive it. The invitation has been given. The opportunity has been set. And I feel like I'm talking to someone this morning that you've been on the outskirts and you've been saying, I will, I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to make this decision and I'm, I'm going to get this right and, and I'm going to be better and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But yet you sit here this morning at the beginning of another year and that was last year's resolution. But yet there's not been any change. There's some of you this morning that you've got habits in your life that are destroying your health. They're robbing you of your health. And you say, I know I need to quit. I know I need to stop. But yet, you're sitting here today and nothing has changed. But there's a table that has been spread. There's a supper that has been prepared. And the Father says, come. Jesus said, come to me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. Come to me. Come and, and ask of me and see if I won't give you that, that that I promised to you. Come, those of you that are broken 
and see if I can't heal your brokenness. Come, those of you that are bound up, and see if I can't break the yoke of bondage in your life. Come, those of you that are hungry and you've tried everything that the world has to offer, come to me, Jesus said, and see if I can't give you something that will satisfy you for an eternity. Come, Jesus said, those of you that are thirsty and you drink everything that the world has to offer, but it's not done you any good. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you water, whereas if you drink it, you will never, ever thirst again. Come. And I know you're still hungover from staying out late last night and you're probably saying, let's go, Pastor. But we've got to come first. I want you to understand that we're living in a time, ladies and gentlemen, we're living in a time today where we could wake up in the morning and our whole world will be changed and turned upside down. We're surrounded by evil and we're surrounded by uh, things that, that want to destroy us. Our nation is surrounded by things that, that the, world, the devil wants to use to destroy us. Our government is opening up the borders and allowing everybody to come in. And we don't know who's coming in, but we do know this, that there are enemies on the outside that are looking for an opportunity to get inside so that they can wreak havoc in the United States of America. We're living in perilous times. We're living in times, friend, that it is time and high time that we as Christians need to wake up and say, God, I want to get whatever you have to offer me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even though the table was spread, and even though it was a beautiful meal that we can't even imagine what kind of meal it was, and even though the Father had sent out invitations and invited all to come, people continued to make excuses of why they could not come. In other words, they made excuses of why they were not able to come and partake of that that the Father had prepared for them. Can I ask you this morning, <coughs> what excuse have you used? Have you been guilty of saying, I would, but... I'd like to, but I, I, I would like to, to do this, but, but I've got some, some land that I've got to tend to. I know I, I need to, to be in church on Sunday, but I, you know, I've just got this thing that I've got to take care of. Well, you know, I, I, I would, but, but I've got, I've got, I've got these possessions that are, that are pulling me away and saying, I need to do this. I've got family matters that come up. Each one of these excuses 
give us an understanding of, of different areas in our life that have a tendency to pull us and, and stop us from stepping into what God wants. The one that bought the piece of ground is, is a picture of the cares of the world that, that, that vie for our attention and pull us away from being what God wants us to be. Listen, there is, there is nothing wrong with having possessions. There's nothing wrong with having plenty of money in the bank and, and possessions and all of that. But listen, we've got to be careful that our possessions don't have us. And the five yoke of oxen is a picture of somebody that gets priorities wrong. And the very career, the very business that you prayed for and asked God to bless you in, that business or that career then begins to pull you away from God. That Those five yoke of oxen is a picture of being drawn away by the very thing that God has blessed you to possess. And that one that married a wife is a picture of family issues that keep us away from God or keep us away from being in church and being a part of what God wants to do. Remember, this is day one of 2023, and I'm, I'm just, my responsibility is to throw some things at you today that have held you back possibly last year and, and hindered you from being what God wanted you to be last year. If there was one issue today that I would want to spend more time on, it would be the family matters, the family issues. And I've said it over and over and over again, but let me say it one more time, that the greatest thing that you can do in 2023 is to get your children by the hand. It doesn't matter if your husband kicks and screams and all of that, or your wife says, no, I'm not going to go. The greatest thing that you can do for your family is get your children by the hand and say, we are going to the house of God on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, and we are going to be taught the Word of God. Why, pastor, why is that so important? Because you send your children to a secular school for eight hours a day where they're drilled and they're taught that there is no God, where they're drilled and taught that woke is the right way and all of that and to accept everything that comes along. And then they come back to your house and spend the rest of the evening sitting in front of a TV listening to the same junk. And then we wonder why my family is in such a mess. I love you, all right? But I'm telling you this morning that Jesus has a table that has been set for you and I. Jesus had something better. But the problem, listen, the problem was that even when Jesus, worship team, you guys go ahead and come, and I'm, I'm closing. Here's the thing, and I want you to catch this.
Have you, have you ever, now let me, let me go ahead and stay on point. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing. That Jesus came born in a manger. The heavens declared the glory of the Son of God that was born in Bethlehem. He was the very Son of God. He was the very Lord of heaven that came down and became God incarnate, God in the flesh, and dwelt among us and walked and lived among us. He was the very King of kings and Lord of lords. He was there when the Father spoke and it came into being. He had power over the wind and power over the waves we talked about last night. He had power over life and death. Could stand at the tomb of Lazarus and utter Lazarus' name. And Lazarus, who had been dead for three days, wake up and come out of the tomb. But yet, Jesus was rejected. He was rejected by the very ones that he was sent to. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. If we're not careful, we will miss the very things that pass through our lives that are meant to be our greatest blessing. Because we look at the package rather than the heart of God. Jesus was rejected because the world looked at the package and they didn't see the man. You see, and what God is wanting to do this morning is He's wanting to say, hey, I've got Everything that you need is prepared for you. I've laid it out. I've got it all fixed for you. I've got it all laid out for you. All you've got to do is respond to my invitation. Just respond. Just say yes. Just say yes, and, and that's all it takes. But if, if I'm not careful, I'll sit here and at the close of 2023 say, man, I wish I had responded. 365 days ago and said yes to Jesus and my life would be much different today.